I'm always glad when I can see his hand, but whether I see it or not, I'm glad to be guided by the unseen hand. Open your Bibles again to Hebrews. I'm stuck in Hebrews. I'm stuck here. And, uh, but that's all right. I'm enjoying it. Hebrews chapter 3. I want to reread our text. There's so many texts. There's so many truths in the book of Hebrews. And yet, if they're not placed in a proper context, those truths become error and uh, they are misapplied. And context always defines and gives value to the text. For example, faith has no value alone. It is the object of faith that gives the faith value. We don't have faith in faith, we have faith in God. We don't have faith in faith, we have faith in the Word of God, and that's why it's important. And uh, so our text tonight is challenging us to have faith and warning us about unbelief. That's what the text is. I'm going to pray and I'm going to I'm going to give you the explanation of the text and then the message tonight as I preach on the subject the Christians greatest sin. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us tonight as we open and hear your word preached. May each of us understand this is not for our brother or sister. It is not for our family, it is not for others, it is for us. Help each of us to listen as though we were the only one here tonight. And I pray that you'd please use me to accomplish your will. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The Christian's greatest sin is not anger, though anger can get you in trouble. It is not laziness, though laziness will get you in a heap of trouble. It's not jealousy or gossip and all of those cause difficulty. It's not envy, but the greatest sin in the world for the child of God is unbelief, is unbelief. And I want you to notice that is the subject, but there are a lot of adjectives and there are a lot of explanation and uh, in illustrations in this passage. Let's look at it. Verse number 12, take heed or pay attention, brethren lest there be in any of you, not just unbelief, but an evil heart. Not just a heart of unbelief, but evil. That's pretty strong words, isn't it? So uh, it is an evil to commit the sin of unbelief. And then he says, in departing from the living God. So faith is, uh, the object of faith is God. So he warns us, lest there be in any of us an evil heart of unbelief. Then he says, verse number 13, but exhort one another daily. So I need, are you listening? Encourage, are you listening? If you can hear me, you don't need to look at the interpreter. If you can hear me, look at me. Uh, if, 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 if you are in the battle, you need daily encouragement for, you need daily encouragement and to be challenged to live by faith. And then he goes further to say, while it is called uh, today. So let's today have faith in God. Then he says, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is a liar. Sin has one purpose. Uh, the purpose of sin, when it is finished, is to bring forth death. It may look to have pleasure. It may look to have satisfaction. Uh, but there is no satisfaction in sin Sin always leads to death. I'll go into some description in just a moment. But he said we need to be reminded every day to have faith in God so we're not deceived by the sin of the world. Then he says in verse number 14, 
For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, today if you will hear his voice, and now he gives the illustration, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. What does that mean? To provoke someone means to make someone angry. So God was made angry by the unbelief of those that had been delivered from the mighty hand of Pharaoh, but they became fearful when they faced the giants of the land of Canaan, and rather than trusting in God by faith and moving forward, they provoked God, they made God angry because of their unbelief, and that generation died in the wilderness, and they never received their inheritance that came to the next generation that came to their children. Now all of this is defining, all of this is describing do not be led into an hard heart or an evil heart of unbelief. I want you to think with me. The children of Israel were faced with giants. Now understand, they were simply slaves that had been set free. Uh, they had not formed an army. They had not formed any great power. Uh, they were just uh, travelers. They had been set free from Egypt, and they were traveling toward the land of Canaan. Uh, they became filled with fear uh, when they saw the giants of the land, and they saw the organization of the seven nations that inhabited the land of Canaan. Now that's very much just like us as we face in this world a world of great wickedness. Organized hatred of God. In Pennsylvania yesterday or Friday a man was arrested because he protested a pride parade. He protested it with Bible verses written on postcards and he was simply reading Bible verses of what God said against the immoral behavior of sodomy and they said nothing of the drag queens they said nothing of little children there being subjected to the pride parade but they arrested the Christian now they quickly led him out of jail because they understood that they violated his rights and his freedom of speech. He was not causing any problems. He was not causing any harm or danger. He was just holding up the signs and reading those verses. That's the world we live in. And when we see that and we see its size and we see its growth, sometimes that we're tempted to have a heart of unbelief and say, I don't see any hope. But when we say that, we're looking at our ability, not God's ability. So tonight, once again, as he said, we need daily reminder of having faith in God. Don't go out to the work week saying there is no hope, there is no help, there is great hope in God. Our faith is challenged by our weakness. Our faith is challenged by our limitations. Our faith is challenged by our lack of strength and organization. And yet we too are challenged as the children of Israel were. It's easy for us to look back and say, what's wrong with you all? Why did you listen to those ten spies? Why didn't you go in and take the land God had prepared for you? Well, why don't we move forward and have faith that we can have revival in this land and we can win people to Christ? Because we face the same 
obstacles that they face. I have been uh, very blessed in life. And by that I mean I grew up in uh, simplicity. I grew up, by the world standards, I grew up in poverty. I thought everybody grew up like I did. I've never received an inheritance on earth and never received an inheritance in life. Um, never inherited a church of size. I've only pastored two churches. This church, I became the pastor when there was 18 people. My father died. He was driving a 1978 Dodge St. Regis. It had 150,000 miles on it. His last pair of shoes that he wore had holes worn in the soles of both shoes. Took three years to pay his funeral bill. But two things I was given. I was taught to work hard. And I was taught to have faith in God. And friend, I want to tell you tonight, if we will work hard by faith in God, it is amazing what God can do. I want to give you several statements tonight. I want to give you several statements tonight of the danger, of the danger of unbelief. If you're taking notes and perhaps you won't be able to stay up with me, you can listen again uh, to the sermon as it's recorded and put on Facebook. But I'll give you several warnings or several, several dangers of just giving up and saying there's no hope. When you say there's no hope, you've stopped focusing on God and you've compared your ability to the strength of the devil and the world of sin. First of all, I want to say unbelief hinders the Lord in his working. Unbelief hinders the Lord and his working. My greatest fear in life personally is that I would limit what God wants to do in my life. I think of King Hezekiah and I think of many kings at this age and stage of my life. King Hezekiah had been blessed of the Lord and yet he came to the place that he stopped seeking the blessings of the Lord and he stopped to have pride in the blessings God had given him and he claimed them for his own and by his own strength and he even showed the enemies his possession and it was what God had done and when he stopped having faith in God he lost his leadership and he lost his life. When you have unbelief, you limit what God can do in your life. Take your Bibles and go to Psalm 78, verse 41. Now this is referring to the day of provocation. Uh, this is referring to the children of Israel when God had delivered them from Egypt, brought them into the wilderness. And the Bible says in verse number 41, Yea, they turned back. Now, that phrase, turn back, is found in Hebrews. It's found in the New Testament. Somehow, when we read it in the New Testament, there are those that say, well, he was doing well, but he turned back and lost his salvation. No, he didn't lose his salvation. He lost the blessings of the Lord is what he lost. When you're saved, you're saved. When you're set free from Egypt, you're set free from Egypt. Uh, when he forgave me of my sin, he forgave me of my sin. He's never imputed another sin to my account. Heaven is my home. I'm a, I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am saved, but I'm not satisfied until I know what God wants to do in my life. And so the Bible says they turn back. What does that mean? 
That means they did not go into the land of Canaan. They turned back into the wilderness. And it is sad that the average church in America and the average Christian in America has turned back and they've become satisfied in the wilderness and they have forfeited the land flowing with milk and honey, which is the victorious Christian life. And when we have an evil heart of unbelief because of the deceitfulness of sin, when we have that in our life, we limit what God wants to do in our life. Several years ago, some years ago now, I traded what I wanted to do for God for what God wants to do in my life. That's a great big difference. When you think, what can I do for God? I understand that phrase, and I want to serve God. I understand that. But I traded that for saying, God, I want to give you my life, and you can do with my life what you desire to do. Now, there's a great big difference. That changed my entire perspective in the Christian life. I can't do a lot for God. I can give him my life. I can give him my best. But it's not what I can do for God that makes a difference. It's what God can do with us. It's what God can do in your life. I think of our young people that are working at, uh, on camp staff this summer. I think of our young people that will attend Commonwealth Baptist College this fall. I think of our, our, our campers that will come. And my heart's desire is to get them to have faith in God. Give God to uh, your, uh, your life and let God do what he wants to do with your life. You'll be amazed at what God can do with your life. David didn't go to battle saying, let me show you what I can do. No, he said all Israel is going to know that there is a God in heaven. So if you quit on God, if you lose faith in God, if you turn to an evil heart of unbelief, you are going to hinder the Lord's working in your life. Take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. I'm preaching tonight on having faith in God. You say, preacher, you preach on this often according to Hebrews chapter 3. We need a daily reminder to have faith in God. We see all the foolishness and the wickedness and the organization of the propaganda and the indoctrination of the world and we think sometimes there's no hope but oh, if God's people would just have faith in God, God can shake this old world and by daylight in the morning he can have every American on their knees saying, oh God, we need you again. Oh, how we need to have faith in him. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, let's go to verse number 58. The Bible says there, And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. That means Jesus wanted to do more than he could do. He is limited. He was limited because of their unbelief. Oh, let's yield our life in faith to God. What God has done, God can do again. What God has done, he can do in a greater manner. Jesus said, these works that I do, greater works shall ye do. Why and how? Not because of our ability being that greater than of Christ and his disciples, but by faith in him. I say to you tonight, church, I say to you tonight, individual, have faith in God. Let me give you the second thing tonight. Unbelief prevents me from the blessings of the Lord. Unbelief prevents you from the blessings of the Lord. Every blessing God gives, God gives by faith. 
Go back to our text, Hebrews chapter 3. Notice, if you will, in verse number 19. Verse number 19. Now, quit applying the book of Hebrews to your salvation. It's not talking about salvation. It's talking about growing in the Lord. It's talking about going into your land of rest or into the will of God or your potential or your perfection, as we read in our text this morning. And verse number 19 says, So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Set free from Egypt? Yes. In the land of Canaan? No. Why? Because of their unbelief. Now think with me. You know what they did in the land, in, in, in the wilderness? You know what they did? They complained. They complained. Now here's what I discovered when the children of Israel complained. You remember they said, you brought us out here to die. We don't have food to eat. Give us flesh. We don't have this. We don't have that. When they complained, God gave them what they asked for instead of what he had planned to give them. And complaining got them what they wanted, but it didn't get them what God wanted them to have. I don't know about you, I want what he has to give. I love that little old story told years ago. My dad told the story. A, a, a mother was checking out of the store, and the storekeeper said to the little boy, as he held a jar of candy, he said, get you some candy out of the jar. And the boy just looked at him. And, and the storekeeper said, go ahead, son, get you some candy out of the jar. The boy just stood there. The mama nudged the boy and said, go ahead, get you some candy out of the jar. The boy just stood there. And finally, the storekeeper reached in. He got a handful of candy, handed it to the boy. He smiled and received it. They went outside. The mama said, why didn't you get candy out of the jar? And the little boy said this, his hand is bigger than mine. I don't want what I want. I want what God wants me to have. And unbelief hinders the blessings of God in my life. I don't know what God wants me to have. I don't know what God wants you to have. But I want what God wants me to have. I'm afraid to complain. I, I'm, I'm, I'm frightened to complain about what I don't have. And asking God for what I think I want. I don't want what I want. I want what he wants me to have. So first of all, unbelief hinders the Lord in his working. Second of all, unbelief prevents me from the blessings of the Lord. Number three, unbelief keeps blessings from me to others. Don't miss this. Every blessing I receive can be a double blessing. For example, every blessing I receive, I am to share that blessing with others. Don't worry about God running out. There's enough salvation for the whole world to get saved. Hey, 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 there's a whole, there's enough salvation for everybody to get saved. So when I got saved, that was a blessing. I'm glad I received his salvation. Now I can tell others that he will save them like he saved me. And every time someone else gets saved because I gave a gospel track or because I gave the gospel or because you drove a bus or you knocked on a door or you invited someone to church, that blessed you again when they received the blessing that you received in your life. In fact, every blessing of God, every grace of God is not given to us to stay. It is given to us to go through us. Let me show you 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 
2 Corinthians chapter 1. Oh, how I love this truth. I preach this truth not only here, but I preached it across America. I love this passage of Scripture. Go to verse number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And I want you to notice verse number 3. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Now notice this. Who comforted us in all our tribulation. Why? That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So God comforts me not just to comfort me, but for me to tell others, God can help you like he helped me. And every time he helps someone else through me, it helps me again. I've told this story everywhere. A couple of falls ago, we was going into fall, it was October, I believe. And uh, I went down to my favorite restaurant just down the road here, uh, McDonald's. It was Wednesday, I'd come back into town from somewhere. And I had time to, and I had to go to McDonald's. I was going to get me a cup of coffee. I was a little tired on Wednesday. I usually am. And uh, I saw the sign that said, Pumpkin Pies are back. And it said they're better than ever. And I believe they were 79 or 89 cents. But if you buy two, you save like 30 cents. Now, my wife's taught me how to save money. Now, now, now that, that gal saved me at least. A, I'd be broke now if it hadn't been for Mary and her. She saved me all kinds of money. So I bought two pumpkin pies, and it's true, they were better than ever. In fact, they were so good, I, I bought one, and I had another one, and I thought I'd give it to somebody. But after I ate it, I, after I ate mine, I still had a half a cup of coffee left. And so I thought, I'd just eat the end off the other one. And I ate the other end, too about the last drink of coffee. It was so good. It was so good I testified about it in church on Wednesday night. I said, hey, folks, pumpkin pies are back. Just want to let you know. The next Sunday morning as I was standing out in front of the church back here, young people started coming up on their way to Sunday school. They said, guess where we went Wednesday night after church? I said, where would you go? They said, we went to McDonald's and got a pumpkin pie. Isn't it something how when you enjoy something and you tell somebody else and they enjoy it, it helps you again. There's nothing like the only thing close to getting saved is telling somebody else how to get saved. You get about the same excitement, and no matter what blessing God gives, when you share it with others, God blesses you again. Let's read a couple more of these verses. Notice verse number 5. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. And so what he's saying here, every time God blesses me, and this is how Paul kept joy in his life. Paul didn't just enjoy the blessings of the Lord. He gave his life to telling others, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect, have faith, in God. So in unbelief, not only do I rob myself of blessings, I rob others of blessings that they would receive through me. Let me give you the fourth thing. This is dangerous. Unbelief causes a departure from fellowship with God. 
Now, fellowship is different than sonship. There are many who have sons and daughters that they have no fellowship with. Fellowship is broken, but it's still their son and daughter. Unbelief is the first step to breaking fellowship with the Father. Notice verse 12, Hebrews 3, 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Friend, when you, when you lose, fellas, when you lose fellowship with God, you've lost happiness and joy that comes from that fellowship. Now, you know this is true. This has happened to every Bible reader in this church. You read the Bible in the morning because you know you're supposed to read the Bible. You drink in your coffee. You drink it. You drink in the Bible and eat in your coffee. Nope. No, you drink in your coffee and you read the Bible. And you finish and you think, I really didn't get anything out of that. But if you didn't learn anything that you're going to write an article about or tell anybody about, you did get the satisfaction of being obedient to God. I can tell you when I obeyed my dad, I didn't enjoy everything he told me to do. But I did enjoy obedience. And I did enjoy not being punished for disobedience. So there is a fellowship that comes from faith in God. Have faith in God. I don't care how strong the media is. I don't care how great their influence is. It doesn't scare me how powerful, though it is shameful, this woke behavior and this so-called pride stuff that we ought to be ashamed of and it ought to bring us to our knees and our face before God. But doesn't matter how big it is, my God is greater and I'm saying to you tonight, don't allow an evil heart of unbelief to replace your faith because in unbelief you break fellowship with God. Number five, unbelief condemns a sinner. If you're unsaved, the only way you can get saved is trust Christ as Savior. The Bible says, John 3, 18, He that believeth not is condemned already. You see, faith sets us free from sin. Faith in Christ. Faith in the blood of Christ. Now listen, if you and I don't live in faith in victory, we're not going to help folks who have unbelief, who are lost in their unbelief. We must have faith in the living God to help lead others from their lost condition to faith in God. Look at me. I wonder if this rings if I come down there. Let's see. I don't come down because there's no rails. We're getting rails. So I can come down. You tell somebody, if they put their faith in Christ, he will take away all their sin. How many of you believe that tonight? I believe that. And yet then, we act as if there is no hope. God can take away all my sin, but there's nothing he can do with those, this old wicked world. That's an evil heart of unbelief. God is in control. Have faith in God. I believe if we spent more time reading the Bible than we did watching Fox News, we would live in faith. 
But if you didn't watch the news just to see the wickedness of the world and that and the deceitfulness of sin, oh, listen to me tonight. If we don't have faith in the living God, if we don't have faith to live by faith that God is going to meet our needs and carry us through the valley and help us through the difficulty, we're going to be a sorry testimony of saving faith. Take your Bibles and go to Hebrews eleven six. I believe unbelief, I believe unbelief for the Christian insults God. You know, as a parent, we want our children, we want our children to listen to our counsel. Especially if we've been through a decision that they're going through and we want to help them through a difficulty and we say, Look, I know it's difficult, but if you'll do this, it will work out. We want our children to trust us. We want, to, we want our children to trust us about friendships. We want our children to trust us about relationships. We want our children to trust us about things that they should stay away from. If we as parents want our children to have faith in us, don't you think our Heavenly Father wants us to have faith in Him? Notice what the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want to give you several statements in closing. Fellowship with people of faith in God. Fellowship with people who have faith in God. Be careful about spending time with those who have no faith in God. Fellowship with people who have faith in God. Think about this inference. Twelve spies went into the land of Canaan. Ten said, we are not able to take the land. Two said, let's go up at once because God said we can. The the influence of those ten kept an entire generation from going into the land of Canaan. I'll guarantee you there were some young people there that when they heard the voice and the testimony of Caleb and Joshua, they said, come on, Dad, let's go. Come on, let's go. Caleb and Joshua said we could, and God said we could. Let's go. I do not want to fellowship with the ten. I do not want to read the books written by the ten. I do not want to hear the reasonings of the ten. I do not want to hear what the ten have to say. I want to hear what the two have to say. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Don't fellowship with those that destroy your faith in God. I want to say number two, put the faith you have to work. Put the faith you have to work. Live by faith. Get up tomorrow believing God's in control and your day is in God's hands. Nothing can happen to you that God doesn't allow. And whether it's a good day or a tough day, believe that by faith God has directed your life and you're going to rejoice in the Lord and your rejoicing is saying, I believe God is in control. Every day is not an easy day. Sometimes everything 
goes wrong. I love the story. The fellow prayed and he said, Lord, he said, I'm having a wonderful day. He said, I haven't had a bad thought today. I haven't lost my temper. He said, I, I, I've not made a single mistake. But he said, Lord, in a few minutes, I'm going to be getting out of bed and I'll need your help. Have faith in God. God's in control. Put the faith you have to work. Then I want to say number three. Stay in the word of God. Stay in the word of God. Read the word of God. The book of Hebrews. If you'll understand the book of Hebrews is written to Christians. The illustration is, is the children of Israel. The provocation when they make God mad by not having faith in him. Going into the land of Canaan. If you put that setting in your mind. It's not talking about salvation. It's talking going, about going on in faith. Going on in growth. Going on to perfection. Going on uh, in, your, uh, uh, in, uh, in your potential. If you have that in mind, the book of Hebrews will challenge and encourage your faith every day. Stay in the word of God. Let me give you the next statement. Get up when you fall down. All of us have times of doubt. Even those who had faith that God blessed their faith, they said this, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When you fail in doubt, get up, don't quit. Don't allow sin to deceive you. Have faith in God. Stand with me if you will. You've listened well tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Our heads are out, our eyes are closed. If you've never trusted Christ as Savior, you ought to put your faith and trust in Christ tonight been saved and not followed the Lord in believer's baptism, you ought to follow the Lord in believer's baptism tonight. You can step out of your seat and come forward. If you're making that decision tonight, you can do that now. All of us struggle in this matter of faith. It's a daily struggle. I preach to us again tonight. Have faith in God. You're struggling in your business? Have faith in God. Struggling in your marriage? Put it in God's hands. Have faith in God. Struggling in your mind, your mental, emotional stability, have faith in God. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help me to be a leader of faith in you. Sometimes, Lord, faith, we have to just wait on you. Sometimes, Lord, your instruction was wait and see the salvation of the Lord. Bless our invitation. Bless our commitment, our recommitment to a life of faith in you. Help us not to have an evil heart of unbelief and not make the will of God in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. As he sings on the invitation song, the altar is open tonight. Have faith in God. You want to find a place to come and pray? Come right now. When you fail... When you fall down, get up. Just get back up and go again. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. I'm amazed as I read through the book of Hebrews how many times he deals with this matter of faith. And he deals with this matter of don't be like they were in the provocation. 
Don't be like those who angered God because of their unbelief and did not enter into the land of Canaan. Have faith in God. Have faith in to Bible College in the fall of 1982. In 1982 and 1983, I was in Tennessee Temple University. Lee Robertson was a pastor of the church. And he announced one Sunday morning, I do not want anybody to miss the church service tonight. He said, I'm going to preach a message tonight on my biggest failure of life and ministry. And at that time, he was nearing his 40th year as pastor of Highland Park. He was a pastor there 40 years and six months. And I thought, my goodness, I want to hear what the biggest mistake is that Lee Robertson made in his life and ministry. And he preached a message, my biggest failure in life, are three times of unbelief. And he said, I want to challenge you that if you are at a huge decision in your life, Set aside the circumstances and have faith in God and do what's right, no matter what seems to be right, have faith in God. I'll never forget that morning and the announcement. I'll never forget that evening. I didn't know what he was going to preach on, but the biggest failure of 40 years was a lack of faith. I don't want to limit what God wants to do in my life this week. Have faith in God. I want to have a positive outlook on life even through the difficulties, to have faith in God. Brother Swartz, come and dismiss us in prayer. We'll ask the Lord's blessings as we go home. What a blessing to have visitors with us tonight. 7 o'clock Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, and I'll finish the series on producing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. I encourage you to be here. Let's bow for prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word being lifted up this morning, Sunday school, morning service, and this evening being proclaimed and being taught. We are encouraged, Lord, to learn a new truth, be reminded of a truth, apply a truth in our life. We pray that we would do so. Lord, help us not to waste the time of being here. Help us to take it and use it in our lives. May our faith grow in you. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here. Bless those that could not and bring them back together again the next time we meet and, uh, and give them strength, Lord, help them to recover. Whatever the needs are that people are carrying, I pray that you bless them. Help us to walk in faith this week. In your name we pray. Amen.